0: going on. It's Monday. That means it's time for Snakes and Stogies. We're starting it off. With the bang. feels already frozen. <laughs> we were just having a conversation and he completely froze up. So we're off to a great start. Uh, this is episode number 156 Snakes and Stogies. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I am joined by Mr. Phil Wolf of the Nefrurus Initiative.
1: Salutations!
0: Look at that. Well, that. That's timing, right there. It is. I was just laughing because I was like, "We literally, we're just having a conversation." He just froze up, and he, Yeah. Um. But he here is. he is. Uh, this episode is brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. Check them out. Use the discount code THN at checkout and save yourself a little bit of money. Get yourself a bio G. It's a fantastic cage. I love my bio G's love my racks love my XT threes and fours. They're all awesome. Get them. You won't regret it. People underestimate the value of having a rack with drawers that pull out smoothly and don't like catch or, struggle and like slosh the water everywhere. Like that is one of the things about my black box racks that I have that I love so much is that whether they're at the top or the bottom, they all open evenly and I don't have to worry about getting substrate wet and all this other stuff. That, that, that's a big thing for me. I don't know about you guys, but that is a big, uh, that's a deal breaker for me if they are if they struggle and the tubs are really, like, jammed in there. Phil is frozen again. And, um, yeah, he can attest. Cages are awesome. He's got some. Um, Facebook, Instagram, blackboxcages.com. Check them out. And then the fine folks in the Pacific Northwest, Jeff and Kendra uh, at Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out as well. Phil's going to continue to clone himself here. We'll, we'll nestle him right in the middle there can you see yourself
1: no it's a black screen
0: no oh, there's two of you
1: yeah Good oh, old internet man at Streamyard. i just did speak south
0: Eric. south florida weather fun
1: again no dude it's not it's not the internet it's Streamyard. so yeah i don't know roll with the punches right
0: puget sound python check them out on facebook instagram as well find them on morph market see what they got up for grabs follow them on there stay in the loop Uh, let's see, Adam asked, are wedges needed for racks for mid-sized colubrids? I do it out of paranoia, but feel like I'm doing overkill. On the black box stuff, no. I mean, for like the really, really, really small stuff, like your, you know, your baby rhinos, your baby nerodia, um, baby intraesia, like really tiny stuff, I would probably say, to be safe, do some um, uh, shims. But for the most part, I, uh, i've i been fine without them because i'd like i find that sort of I just, this is probably stupid come from me and my track record of gaps and things but that gap is kind of nice for airflow like you know, sure if you don't sure. have a ton of ventilation and stuff that gap makes a world of difference i think in terms of just keeping things moving so. yeah what's new down yonder
1: uh we got a weird, like I don't want to say cold snap, but like we got a, a low a low pressure front. So it's cold by you? Oh yeah. Okay, because it's like 64. It's actually really comfortable. Yeah, no, it's been in like the 30s. Oh wow. Okay, so yeah, so I'm probably getting your tail end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird, but uh honestly, no news is good news, man. Same old, same old.
0: So, yeah, it's it's been really frustrating because we have you know a good lot, of, a good bit of animals still from the raffle to ship out, and you know people up north are still dealing with some pretty, pretty cold weather. You know, stuff getting into the you know twenties and stuff, and um, here it's been squirrely because it's supposed to. I think come the end of the week, it's supposed to be back to like eighty, crazy. But it's like supposed to be something like thirty eight tonight. I don't know. It's just it's it's odd. Like I was sure we were done with cold weather. Yeah for the first time, I think, ever. I was actually kind of glad about it. Um, but it was like, nope, hold my beer. We got a little bit more for you. So, planning to get some some stuff shipped out. That uh, Some stuff that was one, supposed to be getting shipped out. Hopefully, this week is the plan. I pretty much have everybody that was involved in, in the animals and receiving them kind of cluing me in, in terms of, like, windows for shipping and stuff and trying to Orchestrate it all and make it all work. Um, Phil, you were back for a half a second. He's still there.
2: Hmm.
0: Oh, those scorpion tail geckos are cool. Mike Kosicki, Donnell James, Donnell, 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 Scott, Matt Palmer. Ryan Cox, usual suspects. Um, As far as what's going on here, I have some corns together still. No real concrete signs of... Phil has Bell's palsy. (laughs) No real concrete signs of locks. Um, Thank you. Chris got that albino cow king, and he says it is the actual antichrist. So that you you heard it from somebody else other than me like that that little that little king is horrible i don't know why it was so high strung and why it was so so angry it had no reason to be that young and that angry but ate well so there's that um put some bears together so i put the my Loma Alta female shed and i Put the albino or hypo, whatever you want to call it, uh, put him in with her and kind of heard some thrashing around. Haven't seen anything concrete either yet there, so time will tell. And I have a couple other things that are due to shed soon, and I'll probably end up putting together um, rhinos. I've been kind of doing some brief introductions here and there. Um, so what I thought was my male, I believe is actually the female. And what I thought was the female is actually the male because I've introduced the female. What was the female, um, in with the, what was the male and ends up being the female is the one chasing the other one around and sort of doing the, you know, the dance and female is not, having any of it so I've been doing like while I'm while I'm home and stuff and kind of around you know leaving together for an hour or so and kind of just brief brief introductions before I kind of really leave them be full-time and we'll see how that goes um, having the if, if it ends up being that they are actually you know switched around in terms of um, the male and female thing then that kind of works out even better because that female that I thought was the male is got a good bit more size on the, on the one that I thought was the female. So that might work out in my favor, but watching them, uh, sort of interact and watching the, the female watch that male as he's like cruising around in the, in the perches and stuff like that is kind of, kind of funny. Cause you can tell she's just not, not sure what to think of it, but really hoping that that happens. Um, Jance and I, nothing really new going on there. Been getting a couple sheds here and there, so I've been kind of checking the egg box periodically um, in case that there happens to be any action with those. Been feeding them a little heavier, uh, missing them pretty heavier. And then Mike said, uh, rhino's got to be tough to sex his babies. Yeah, and I think Terry, if I'm not mistaken, possibly matt too i think they do this the shed sex determination with um rgi which to me i'm sure is is light years easier and and easier on the babies themselves because those babies are tiny so makes sense to me but i've had a lot of um I think they do pop. I don't see the thing is is like whether it's male or female their tail like so the tail like past the vent to the tip is just, like crazy long on both sexes. So I think unless you had them next to each other, I think it'd still be hard to tell but um I'd imagine too that given how slim those tails are that getting peens might be might be tough. I don't know. I've heard of people probe and pop and things like that. And I think the the RGI route might be better, personally. So let me see. Maybe Phil texted me, but he's restarting his computer.
2: <sighs>
0: uh, had some corn sort of hanging out together in hides a lot. The males have been magnetized to the females. Pretty much everywhere they go, they uh, everywhere the females go, they go. So that's a good sign. Still kind of early here in terms of um like when I would normally sort of pair things together and, and whatnot. So trying something a little different this year. Uh Condros had two of mine shed, I think about two weeks ago. I was initially thinking they were going to be male. Looks like they're females. Uh, If they are, then that means that my ratio is 2.5 with an additional unknown, smaller one. So, what up?
1: So, nothing wanted to work. Internet wasn't working. I had to restart the computer. Check the uh, upload speed, the download speed. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm still blaming Dreamyard, but I'm back. Fair enough. Yes.
0: How's that baby chloracis doing?
1: Uh, chunky, chunky monkey, giving it a pinky once a once a month ish ish, maybe a little less, and because uh, I mean it takes a solid two weeks for that lump to go down, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: if you cut the mouse, it wouldn't.
1: Well, I'm feeding it alive, Pinky. So, Oh, okay. yeah, I I, uh, I tried to do, I drop fed once with uh, I brained it and drop fed it, and um, oh,
0: Bill's oh. gonna riot.
1: You there? Yep. Oh man, did you hear me say? There goes the computer again. No. Oh, I literally <laughs> threw my hands in the air and said, There it goes again. Uh anyway. Uh yes, yeah, so I tried it and long story short, it didn't work. So I just feed it live for now. And when it gets a little bigger and it eats like a fuzzy or a hopper, then I'll transition. So
0: are those pretty slow growing species? Like how do how fast do squams grow?
1: I feel like squams grow fast because people feed the crap out of them. Um, I have I seen that. I've never, yeah. I, I'll be truthful, I've never kept atheris babies or like neonates long enough to really like go full gauntlet. Um, my adults I got as adults, they were imports. Um, and then the chlorecus, uh, I've had all different sizes. And the stuff I have now, they're imports, but they're, they're small, they're really small. Um, I feel like they grow probably the same speed as chondros, but. People for some reason with squams, they give them a pinky every week, and they just go 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 go, and they just get big quick. So who knows?
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know. They I can see them kind of going either way. Um, Just given how how with squams especially how much you know how hard they are and how easy they are to sort of reproduce and litter sizes on those are fairly decent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, my this one baby clarecus that I keep posting pictures of, it's grown a considerable considerable amount. But again, I'm only feeding it every two and a half, three weeks to, to a month, depending, mm-hmm. because I, I literally it takes a solid two weeks for the lump to go away. Um, and I, I just feel like it's such a big prey item for that tiny of a little animal that I'm okay with it taking that long, if that makes sense. Um, and I also want to kind of let it purge whatever it's got in it before I feed it again. Yeah. So
0: it's man, it's just wild. Like you, you, you see pictures of them and they're small, but it's not until you see like a fresh squam that it's yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah. They're so small. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you the the smallest babies that I've ever had to work with were probably uh, baby rugosis, the rough death adders, mm-hmm. and I mean. Henry and I tried so much trying to get them to take a pinky head or a lizard foot or a lizard leg. And like, that's a tiny baby, man. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not even that they're thin, like a cocktail straw. It's that they're short, too. Yeah. So yeah. even if you gave it, I mean, like a pinky head is almost, uh, dare I say, a quarter of the length of the snake, <laughs> yeah. you know? So. Oh, and Scott, I love you, too. <clears throat> hmm.
0: Well, we figured this week we would. Uh, he said they're huge compared to the wells. The oh, that, I imagine.
1: I imagine. I still dream
0: about those DeJars that Cody has. Yeah, man. Oh,
1: such a good looking snake. For sure. I don't know why he hasn't bred them. I feel like he is. I more think he than... was just
0: waiting. He was like they needed. He wanted to make sure they were. They really had some years on them
1: before he. Well, and I didn't even. I, the way when you bring it up to him and you're like, "Hey, man, how's those uh, How's those death adders?" He's like, "Oh yeah, uh, I, I still got a pair of them." Like I, I feel like he could have paired them three years ago and just kept forgetting. He, like they're there, like they're out of sight, out of mind, kind of thing. So,
0: you think the reason that death adders haven't really gotten a whole lot of attention here in the states is just because we're so limited on what we have or what we can get?
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. When people used to import the New Guinea stuff, nobody cared and nobody really focused on them because they were New Guinea. And they're like, oh, I'll just get more later. I'll sell these. I'll get more later. I'll get more later. I'll get more later. And now the exporters in Indonesia are extremely selective as to whom they ship their death adders to. And because of that, the price has skyrocketed. And obviously, we can't get anything out of Australia. So all the other death adders that are most likely muddled out, with the exception of like Levis and Rigosas, um, they're they're all captive bred. So people want an arm and a leg; they want they want their money's worth. Which you can't blame them, but it's, yeah. it's still poopy, you know. Yeah.
0: How much were the baby PNGs going for? D- death adders? I don't. He's um, in the chat in the chat someone, mm-hmm. someone had some regosis
1: at a show recently oh really well i mean i can't speak for what they go for now um i know any of like the australian <clears throat> excuse me any of the australian mutt stuff that they claim is Antarctica, um usually is about 1200 dollars for a baby Ball, ballpark and that's cheap from what it used to be that's nuts yep
0: Oh, uh, Scott said most of that or she saw in Germany were hybrids. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. It's kind of the old uh, Boellens thing. It's like I can only afford one. So.
1: Yeah. It's okay. Diamond jungle. Day. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's also like I don't see people crossing New Guinea rugosis with Australian rugosis because you'll see some Australian rugosis and I mean, they, they may have, you know, Antarctica's blood in them at some point, but the things are freaking keeled, you know. Um, and then the New Guinea ones—they're just—they look completely different. They're just—they're brown, brown in different shades of brown and tan. So, hmm. okay, six hundred bucks for regosas for New Guinea regosas—not <laughs> bad.
0: Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, last Columbia show that I went to, which I think was back in November, um, I saw there were some. Rotostoma. really like really good looking ones they were small nice. still but i just remember that sticking out because i hadn't seen Milan's, yeah you know in a minute like i can probably count on one hand how many shows i've seen those at and this table had a handful but they were actually i think if i recall they weren't even asking that much for them. i think it was like three or four hundred bucks maybe less
1: um, yeah I mean yeah, let's let's cool. be real when when i when I had mine, I think I paid like forty bucks each for adults, maybe fifty bucks um fresh from the importer, and they're obviously more money now because times are different, and the world has changed. but there is some really nice stuff that just came in that I wanna say is either uh, Malayan side of born of the island of Borneo or it's just choice choice stuff from mainland Malaysia and high reds with purple accents. And, mm-hmm. uh, and like, dude, Keller got some, and they are fantastic looking. One just shed. He just sent me pictures. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Awesome. One of my favorite Asian species.
0: Little landmines.
1: For sure. For sure. I uh, I pulled up the pictures of my eggs that hatched and sent it to him. And, dude, memories, man. Those little landmines are adorable. They're so it's, freaking cute.
0: Scott says he needs to go to Sulawesi to see a lot of sickness. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, that's another one that's that's uh just few and far between these days.
0: The transformers, transformer of of the snake world. They just to me they look like a freaking Decepticon if it were a snake.
1: Like Absolutely.
0: Just the giant blockhead, tiny, tiny little eyes. It's just wild. It's amazing that something that's patterned and colored like that can actually survive.
2: Yeah it's yeah.
0: like i mean obviously on a branch and stuff it stands out when it's not it's you know not in situ um but just mm-hmm. cool look at snakes those are i would i'd really like the the malabars too
1: yeah they are right i uh, i think that um i think that uh, henry showed me so many videos of kings eating malabars that i've kind of been <laughs> I've kind of been pooed. i guess it's like the king's favorite food so I'm kind of like it definitely Meh. seems
0: like they're prevalent enough. Like yeah, those, things, those yeah. populations are healthy.
1: Yeah, I think Henry was telling me that I guess it, it's like three out of ten meals for a king is going to be a Malabar, or maybe really? five out of ten. Yeah, because they're just all over the place, especially in like the wetland areas. Mm-hmm.
0: I love those just mossy green ones though, or those mint green. Yeah, those
1: are really, for sure, really good looking snakes. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And, dude, the, the This is definitive. Well, and, any of the uh, wagglers is, it's just, it's the emerald tree boa of, Indi- of of Indonesia, of Southeast Asia. So I love it. And yeah, Scott got to see some sea crates, which was awesome. Saw those pictures. That was great.
0: Yeah, I bet your you pictures don't do those justice.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, everything else aside, we figured this this round we'd sort of talk a little bit about. We haven't really talked about like branding, like if you're in the you're you're a breeder or you're selling stuff, like you know import or whatever. I just I was thinking about it today, sort of scrolling through Instagram, and I've I've kind of come across stuff in the past that got the gears turning, but um. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. So we've talked about, I think when we had Bill on not that long ago, we were talking about how everyone in reptiles, when they get like merch made and stuff, the shirts are almost always black and you don't see a ton of variation from that. Um, But I think now people seem like they, they might start branching out from, from that. And yeah, Certainly. Well,
1: I feel like the uh, I feel like the kind of people, at least in the United States and, and most of the Western world, I'll say um, they the people that kept reptiles were usually the rocker kids, the metalheads, dare I say, the goths. Right. So a lot of rock and roll, a lot of black, right. Black shirt accents, crazy reptile colors and blacks are really good background for for logos and designs and, and artistry. Um, but I feel like the newer generations, the newer styles, everything is kind of going to a more, a, a lighter palette, if you will, more mm-hmm. earth tones, more, uh, well, man, Anna Marie was telling me the other day that there's a group, there's a group of moms that they're, what are they called? Now I can't remember. She's going to yell at me for not remembering. Um, But basically it's these, this group of moms, it's like a trend where their children's their, their, their infant's room or their toddler's room is all muted colors. No primary colors Mm -hmm. at all. It's all white and gray and taupe and tan and beige. There's no blue, there's no pink, there's no red, there's no green. And, it's kind of cool, man. It yeah. is, but at the same, like I love brown snakes. I love brown lizards. Like people always made fun of me for it. Earth tones are my thing. I wear khaki pants every day, for Christ's sake. But I don't think I could live that entirely taupe life. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? And again, my t-shirts are black. <laughs> right? Know, the, the hell, it's slimming. Right? <clears throat> yeah. But I feel like that's where it kind of stemmed from.
0: It's definitely, I don't know if maybe, I think it's, We could probably call it the Pinterest effect. Um, yeah, yeah, you could. Because like our, we have some friends from high school that live at the end of the street and they just had a, a baby not that long ago and they have the room themed kind of like a like a campground, if you will. So it has like forest greens and like browns and some like fire reds and like just really interesting cool color schemes. And like now that, having been at the job I've been at now for almost a year, which is hard to believe, <laughs> uh, I do a lot of, a lot of art and, and graphics and things for people in the shirts they make. And it's kind of been a good exercise in, in making colors work. Sure. Especially when you're sort of limited on like what shirt colors you have available for certain shirts and things like that. Um, and that's something that I've actually come to really prefer and like over black is like your coyote browns, your sand, um, like military green, like yeah. those with like black art, like just black ink, um, works an, really well. There's It's, it's a not, negative effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's just interesting. And then playing with the contrast of, you know, if I do use black or like Navy and. Sort of making those those colors pop and and work with that, and it's you see it on a uh, on Instagram. Like I don't I don't know if it's been the same for you, but Instagram lately with like the logo maker. Oh yeah, pages like reptile specific logo maker pages. Sure, sure. I'm actually,
1: and, and one and of yes, them followed me the other day. I'm gonna look it up. And yes, Ryan Cox, my children will have a thatched hut themed bedroom with a crank radio in the corner yes um inside jokes uh i also remember when i was in college i took an advertising class and one of the tasks they had like a group group building thing you know group team building whatever and it was you had to design a soda pop can right and they instructed us that to do a soda pop can out of aluminum you could only have a maximum of four colors, and originally they did that because that's that's as many colors as they could get on the aluminum when they did like the the stampings, right? And then it turned out that through marketing research and ad and advertising research, they realized that we enjoy four colors or less, and people are drawn to four colors or less. And if it's really really crazy, they're yeah. maybe skeptical to buy it which clearly we know that's that's not the case these days i mean crap all the ipas have rainbows on them for crying out loud and we love them so um and 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 just like in nature color brings your eye to it it's it's flashy it's poppy right yeah. excuse me so you had to basically figure out what your logo was going to be in these four colors so did you want to do black on red like coca-cola or did you want to do uh you know, red on green, like Mountain Dew. And then you look at the actual can of the soda and you'd be like, man, you think that Coke's black and red, but there is four colors in there. It's two different colors of red, white, and black, or maybe sometimes the white is silver and it's just the raw aluminum color. So putting together logos, a lot of people will still keep with that four color spectrum and they don't even realize they're doing it, Mm. which I thought was really, really interesting
0: as far as yours for the like the Nefrus one is there anything if you went back now is there anything you would change about that I froze again damn it phil so with the palmetto coast logo which is right here uh, i have rocked the same profile picture for that on Facebook and Instagram since pretty much day one and my thinking behind that instead of changing it constantly so like with Herpeticulture magazine usually once a month or every two weeks or so I'd change the background of that just to kind of you know change it up keep it interesting um, with the Palmetto Coast one I, I've kept that the same and very specifically because I found like a gradient picture that I really like and I've wanted that over time to sort of build an association with like, if you see those colors then you would see my logo with it, typically. Let's um, Cox saying, so are your team simple new textile designs or the old school design where it's almost an art piece.
2: Ooh, that's
0: a good question. Cox. what I miss? Nothing. I was talking about the Palmetto coast logo and how, like I've used the same profile picture for Palmetto Coast stuff pretty much since day one and haven't changed it just because there's like a color scheme there that I like Yeah, that I, you know, over time, like that's subconsciously, it builds, it builds an association. I mean, we see it with so many other like major brands that we have now. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Like when I see bright yellow, I think a Dollar General. And that's because we have a million dollar generals here. Um,
1: yeah, I mean red and green, seven eleven. Yep. Yep. So, Eastland
0: statue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Cox has a good question. He said, "You know, are you team simple new textile design or the old school design where it's almost an art piece?" And I, I kind of go back and forth. I think there is currently sort of a trend that seems to lean towards the more simple techy kind of deal, uh, which is okay for the most part. I feel like some of it's almost, like if you're paying for a logo and you're, you're, you're paying an artist like really good money for one and they kind of just do something that you could have frankly thrown together on Canva with little effort, I'd be a little a little irritated with that. Well, some of it's so simple that it's like,
1: yeah, it's all. But at the same time, though, there are certain people. I mean, not to toot our own horns, but you and I have a very artistic eye, and we we see in our mind what we want to. We we envision in our mind what we want to see, and then we articulate that best whether we do it ourselves or we have someone else do it. Right. So when I was doing the the Nefres logo, I knew that I wanted it to be in the negative where it was a blank background with Australia and then the gecko in the middle. And I kind of played around with a lot of flecking and like dot, you know, negative dots on there. And then I realized I really wanted it to be only two colors, just black and red, or maybe red Mm -hmm. and Brown or orange and black, which is what I went with. And that was solely because I knew I wanted to make shirts and I knew it would be 10 times easier for whomever was making the shirts. And it wound up being Billy. Um, It'd be easier just to use one color. So you have a black shirt or a tan shirt with a black logo or an Mm -hmm. orange logo. And I went with the, the, uh, it's actually called Orange Soda is actually that color. And I went with it because there's nobody really has an orange logo. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I figured it was close enough to the red century desertiness of Australia without being red or pink. So that was my rationale for it. And I I think it came out good. People seem to like it. You know, obviously, I'm not a major business and I don't have people beating my door down to get T-shirts, but I've sold a handful. So,
0: Yeah, and I mean, the Palmetto Coast one, when I was sort of thinking of ideas like that was kind of exactly what I envisioned was, was, you know, this thing with the, you know, the moon at the top corner for Carolina. And that was when I was, you know, starting out and doing Crested. So there's. Crested, scalation or gargoyle scalation, you know, all around it. But I eventually, after you know, a couple of years, actually had Adeline Robinson do like a chondro eye in the in the same design. Like I took the old file that I had, and I said, "Can you replace the eyeball with a chondro eye?" And now, I mean, looking back, you know, would I would I change it completely, and maybe do the you know the scalation stuff differently? Probably, but at this point. I, like, I think once you find, a, a, you know, a logo and sort of a branding theme, be it color and sort of aesthetic or whatever, I think it's really important to sort of stick to that. Like, there's a reason you don't see Walmart and big major brands completely revamping their their logo and stuff on a regular basis. Like, they do yeah. that, like, what, once a decade, and usually it's just an update of some sort to where it just looks a little more modern to the, to the times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: There's actually, a, if you go on YouTube, you can go and find videos that people have made that are basically slideshows of a major brand in the United States and its logo changing over the years. So, like, for example, we'll start with McDonald's. And, like, we know McDonald's is get the, the white letters and it has the golden arches, right? They've got the golden arches. We've got the golden arch. Anyway, um, <laughs> for those of you who know that movie, um, <laughs> made myself laugh. Sorry. And you can watch the transition. At Wendy's same thing. Burger King same thing. Taco Bell the different colors. Taco Bell is actually the I think the coolest one because it started off with almost like a a pastel purple and green, yeah. and it just transitioned to to be what it is now with the the yellow and blue in there. Um, and I mean strictly we're talking fast food, you know, but this can be anything. And I really feel like. At least in the in the in the, the the modern world humans love branding and it can be applied to anything and my father i had asked so when i was a kid i grew up on a farm right and we had this one farm hand i don't even remember the guy's name the guy was ancient I and mean, the dude was damn near petrified But he had worked for my grandfather for like 60 years. or whatever. He worked for my great-grandfather. He was hired by my great-grandfather and just kept on working. And I asked my dad, I said, hey, how come he's worked for us all these years? My father, who's a Western movie junkie, similar to myself, um, he says, it's because you ride for the brand. And I said, what? He goes, you ride for the brand. You have pride in the brand. And it, it, it was at that point, that it clicked in my mind that when he was saying brand he didn't mean brand like company or logo he meant brand like on the side of the cows butt, the actual mm. branding of the animal and that was the whole thing was you you if you were a, cow, a cattleman if you were a cowboy or a ranch hand you rode for the brand and you had pride in your brand and that stuck with me all these years to the point where if you're a Ford guy or you're a Chevy girl, right. right? If you're if you are a motorcycle person, and you do Harley or you do Suzuki or whatever. You love that brand, you buy that branded it becomes, merch. It becomes right.
0: It, it's an, there's an identity factor yeah, exactly. that is attached and a, to it.
1: An identity factor and a and a pride that's associated with it. And I mean no different than Even in our reptile world, like there's Zilla people, there's Zoomed people, there's ExoTerra people. And like we all own all of them, but we still have our preferences and we still love those brands. And I feel like when someone wants to start breeding and start to make a I don't even want to say business, I'll say the word brand. Right. We'll get the Ryan Cox will have the clicker tonight to see how many times we say the B word. Right. So. Someone who's getting into herpetoculture and wants to start a brand, it's just an extension of the pride they have for what they've created.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I absolutely love that. And I feel like even if you don't produce anything ever, or better yet, you don't sell anything ever. I think it's still cool that we have these brands and we have these logos that are a representation of us and what we're doing. Sorry if that was a little rambly.
2: No,
0: I get it, and I like I've. That's something I have gone back and forth with myself on. Is you know people that that go all out and get you know logos made and they they start branding themselves, but they they don't have anything basically to market or sell. Is that jumping the gun? I mean, if it's so like with Palmetto Coast Exotics, my right. you know, my own stuff, prime example. I wanted to do like brand myself and and come up and thought of a name and took some time and like, you know, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't do any of that stuff really until I think I had either started pairing geckos or I got some eggs first. Like basically I didn't want to put myself out there, you know, branded and all, um and then when people are like oh well, what do you have for sale and i'm like oh nothing you know i won't be breeding for another like two years kind of thing yeah yeah so i don't know i kind of go back and forth like at the same time if you if it is something you're planning to do you know long term and stick with um you know doing that for the sake of sort of reserving that that name in that place i guess you know it does make sense um but then I mean we look at Skyler, like Skyler has hail of scales and he's got a sick logo that stands out and yeah and things like that. And he's he's branding himself and he's doing his thing because he's you know he's also putting out YouTube content and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so it's I don't know, it's yeah, I feel and he I, wouldn't just, brand anything yet until he had at least a few projects going.
1: Well and see and see that's the thing is I look at what you just said about PCE, right? So a lot of people, especially in the younger generations, they see what, and again, what I'm saying is anecdotal. I am not in the reptile business at all. I am, I mean, I've bred stuff. I plan on breeding stuff. I do not consider myself a breeder. I have no animals for sale. I have no products for sale. I mean, yeah, I've got some shirts and stickers and stuff, but that, that doesn't count for what we're talking about. Right. Um, I feel like it's very easy nowadays For someone who wants to do this, who wants to embark on this journey to make an Instagram, to make a TikTok, to make a Facebook page, to pump out a a badass logo and write some cool bio and just basically give a a, a jump start to what they plan on doing. And it's free marketing. It's it's social exposure, right? Because it's social media. And it's super easy to do that. But I also feel like it may be discouraging as well. Because now the hustle, fee- the feel of the hustle is yeah, there. I yeah. need to get more likes. I need to get more followers. I need to get more views, right? And that could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Um, but just going back to what you said is, is it right or wrong to make a brand and then have nothing to fucking show for it? I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you're aware of it. And as long as the person who's doing it understands that building a business takes time, building a brand takes time, and you're going to have peaks and valleys, so for someone to say, I'm going to be a breeder and I'm going to make a logo and do an Instagram page and, and dare I say, buy a website, but it's going to take five years before my animals are even big enough to do it. If they want to do it, knock themselves out, man. Oh, yeah, they yeah. Make yourself I mean, happy, you know?
0: It just it makes me scratch my head a little bit because it's...
1: Yeah, you know, I, you know my,
0: thought, my mantra of, of announcing your plans is a good way to yes, make God laugh, you know, exactly. And a and lot can you know, happen. I, I kind of now in 2029, 20, you know? I kind
1: of diverged from where I was going with that that ramble. Um, what I was going to say is, and now I kind of lost my train of thought of how I wanted to formulate this. But the reason why it's, I don't want to say cringy, the reason why it's not as Socially accepted nowadays is because it's so easy to do. Because when you and I were kids, there wasn't a social media. Yeah. You know, most people they didn't worry about a website. They didn't worry about an ad in the Yellow Pages. They didn't worry about an ad in 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 a magazine to 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 try and sell their merch or try and sell their 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 produced offspring. They built it first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now because it's not only easy, but it's free to put the horse in front of the cart, right? Or put the cart in front of the horse, however the phrase goes. I feel like that's where our generation kind of looks at, like, what are you doing? What's what's going on? Yeah, what are you doing? So, but I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, we kind of all have done it to some extent.
2: Yeah.
0: It's to me, it's the actions speak louder than words. It's like sure. Tell me how you're gonna do something. Just show up one day with it done.
1: Yeah, it's kind of how good. I look at it. That's know? good. Um, let me see. But that doesn't. That also doesn't mean that people can't just have fun. Oh, for you sure. Know
2: what I mean, for sure. Yeah. And
1: Let's like, see. if you have a logo in your head and you're like, "Man, I got this logo in my head. I'm gonna put pen to paper, or dare I say, stylus to screen." Right? And you want to stylus to screen this logo, and you say, "Man, I really like." For example. Jake, our boy, Jake, Jake had a logo, Jake had a company, Jake sold stuff, Jake produced stuff. Jake wasn't pleased with the direction in which it was going. He wanted to rebrand, right? Which can be a very scary and daunting thing, especially if you're really successful. And Jake said, you know what, I'm going to rebrand and I'm going to kind of change how I'm doing things and what my brand is going to look like. And he wanted to focus on the rat snakes. He wanted to focus on the Southeast United States in his area and the animals he was keeping. And he said, man, I really want to do something with like a rat snake. And I drew a logo that on stylus to screen. Right. And I was like, what do you think of this? And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And then he took that and he gave it to an actual artist to clean it up and fix it up and make it right. I'm not offended at that at all. I think that's fantastic because I got to help my buddy out. My buddy got the logo that he was envisioning in his mind that he wanted or that he may, maybe he didn't know he wanted it. And yeah. then he got to give it to an artist who not only got paid to do what they love and they do, but made him happy too. So whether Jake sells another snake, the rest of his life, I'm still happy. And I, I that, that whole thing transpired like that. And he got a cool logo.
0: Yeah. A cool he's a, he's a really good example too of, you know, When you're planning these things of a name and a logo, you know, really ask yourself if, like, if if you're just doing ball pythons, for example, or you know, Morelia in Jake's case, like Jake was so hardcore into carpets, and I mean, he still is. Like, don't get me wrong, but you know, he started getting into to more colubers and stuff, and he he's like, I remember there was one day or one night in particular, I think he had he had mentioned him. He's like. I kind of wish I hadn't painted myself into the Morelia corner with the name. Cause now he's diversifying. So that's, that was part of the reason that he had, he had switched it up too. And you know, I knew like there was a point in time where I, I was very seriously considering Palmetto coast crestids. But then I also sort of remembered in the back of my mind that I eventually wanted to get back to snakes. So I was like, let me change it and do, you know, do exotics and yeah um
1: and i feel like although jake had something in his mind whether it was one way or another i don't think he necessarily needed to change it and because he could still be a, a morelia company for lack of a better word and still branch out and do other types of animals for sure, for sure but it did help the motif that he was trying to evolve into by rebranding um scott says something really cool uh when should something become a brand? I.e., when did NPR become a brand? When it was a single episode in Eric's bathroom, or when it was a season in, or five seasons in? Where's the line? And I think that's a great question because, as someone like myself that just started a new podcast last year, I had the intro to the show, the outro to the show, and the logo that would be put onto social media, as well as the podcast channels and T-shirts before we ever record a single episode. And I feel like that was the best way for me to do it because I knew what we were going to do because I had the experience doing this with you guys. And I think if I was just starting it out of nowhere, I probably wouldn't have had all my ducks in a row the way that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like had Eric made a logo and a channel and a social media network and everything else before he ever recorded a single episode and then recorded it, I don't think it would have made a difference. I think it would have helped. I do. But that's not to say that you have to do all those things before you record. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's a good example, too. I mean, THP, like for the first, I want to say inside of like 20 episodes, we didn't have like a dedicated logo. Yeah, and I don't know if that was necessarily me just saying like at any point we could bail on this and it just disappear. Sure. Like I didn't want to. I guess I didn't want to sink like money and stuff into like the branding of it and the the logo and stuff until I kind of knew for sure that it was actually like sticking around. Um, actually, I'm curious. I'm gonna go back and look. Yeah, but it 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 was a while before I actually got the logo done for THP.
1: Um, yeah and actually I was going to ask because we were talking about podcast logos was because like lizard brain has the crested gecko on the branch was that always supposed to be there and he just never put the actual lizard brain head logo or was that just like the first picture he ever used and it stuck no I made that that one no no you you made the crested one or you made the, the head one the head one Okay, but what I'm saying is, if you go into Apple Podcasts right now and you go to Lizard Brain Radio, it's not the head one; it's the crested gecko. And I didn't know if he just never up if if uh, uh, Bill never updated it, or if that's like he did it on purpose. I did. I never. I never asked him that. But that kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. He didn't have a logo, so he used a picture of a crested gecko, which which fit perfectly. You know, it did. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "You know what? I'm really doing this. It's time to make a logo." And Smithy made the logo. So I think that's a, that's a great example is Lizard Brain Radio. Shout so it wasn't
0: until episode 36
1: that, THP that did. I started
0: using the THP logo. As so
1: dedicated. as far as I was listening, because I think I, I started listening maybe 10 or 15 episodes after that. You guys were into it for maybe a year or so or maybe seven, eight months. What was the logo before the satellite tower?
0: I didn't have one. I well, just like, used, what was the I used the picture. I used the same so the picture would change on the thumbnails, but the the font that I used religiously was League Spartan, I think. Okay. And fonts is another thing that I could God at work when I'm putting stuff together and choosing fonts. I will sit there and scroll through fonts for twenty damn minutes <laughs> to find the one. You know, like I fonts drive me crazy and it was the same thing with the magazine like when we were doing the magazine i was doing layout stuff i would spend so much time trying to decide on fonts for like the covers of the uh you know the actual covers of the magazine but then like the you know the first pages of articles and things like that and
1: headliners
0: yeah yeah dude i drive myself crazy with that Um, (laughs) but i found that that font and liked it a lot and kind of stuck with that for the first 36 episodes um because after a while I you know I dug it and I felt it kind of almost worked the same as it as a logo did to an extent yeah um because it just the recognition aspect of it like I want consistency to me that is the biggest thing oh yeah when it comes to, to like branding yourself as consistency and staying on brand and uh you know you look at any of the um like major brands like we do embroidery work for, or something for someone and if it's a like a nationwide sort of franchise, like they have a packet that the people send you that says you are not allowed to use anything but these four colors. You cannot adjust the logo in any way. Like they if you're doing a black shirt, it has to be red logo. Like they have like branding parameters that oh, you sure, pretty much have sure. to follow.
1: Yeah, it's gotta um, be uniform.
0: And like some of it's a little silly, but at the same time, there's a consistency there, and I think thn you know that that sort of acid green um that's a color that with the black i've always just liked and you know it's stuck and um and that's just part of the consistency aspect of it
1: yeah and i think your choice of black with the acid green is the exact same reason i picked the orange soda color with the black for mine because nobody was using it and it stood out and it was memorable you know and i think that's great yeah I love our colors. It's fantastic. So, it's funny you actually wanted to do, we we talked about doing a a branding episode, and yesterday I went with Anna Maria, Matt, and Jamie to Invasive Species Brewing Company in Fort Lauderdale. Shameless plug.
0: Hey. No, that's cool.
1: I got this super cool hat, right? And uh, here, I'll show the the logo once more just in case people got to rewind or whatever. and they have a ton of beer all different types of beer fruity stuff ipa hoppy stuff stouts porters you name it they make it and <clears throat> excuse me their main logo that you guys just saw is actually an iguana skeleton and oh. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a cool logo because i mean let's face it, it's for lauderdale it's south florida there's a lot of invasive species and they have some beers named after certain invasive stuff but Almost all their merch either has this logo in different colors, different shades, mostly earth tones, which is kind of the vibe, right? Mm -hmm. But then they also use the whole concept of Invasive Species Brewing Co. South Florida. And they do like an old school 1950s road sign, like welcome to Florida, like that on a shirt. They have the state of Florida that's all different animals that are some invasive, some native. They're like sketch drawn into it. And they've taken this one logo and they've branched it out to be this bigger brand to the point where they don't have any merch in stock. Like, I I, luckily, I wanted this color. They have this is the only color they had left of the Mm -hmm. hats. So, excuse me. I feel like just because you pick a particular logo and a particular color palette doesn't mean you have to stick with it. You can always adapt and evolve and expand that branding. Yeah. Yeah. Even more. Yeah.
0: And that is kind of the fun. Like if you are someone who has the ability to sort of play around with graphics and art and things like that. um, I do it with, with the new South shirts that we sell in the, in the store. Like they're not all the same design, but i make sure like the new South logo is on there somewhere. Um, And that's just mostly for if someone sees somebody with the, you know, South Carolina with the sea turtle on it, you know, they're like, Oh, where'd you get that? I like that. And then like, you know, I can't remember, but if I have it on there, then it's easier for them to remember. Yeah. Um, the red design on black, Snakes and Stogies logo I wore this weekend. Pop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, the like, I think the THN logo in particular. You know, as much as the the bright colors on black, it's kind of played out. Um, it pops, like it works. You yeah. Know?
1: For sure. For sure. It's now. <clears throat> excuse me. Another one that I absolutely love is Billy Hunt, Uabami Reptiles. So, when Billy wanted to do his uubami Reptiles thing, so Uabami is Japanese for giant snake. And he wanted to use the Japanese kanji. And he had actually sought out a bunch of different, I don't know if we want to say calligraphy experts or people that specialized in, in kanji writing and stuff. And he had basically picked out a handful of different style or fonts of the same kanji and then gave it to a graphic artist to add little bamboo shoots to it and add the word Uabami reptiles on there. And it's a great color palette of white, black, like forest green and tan Mm -hmm. to the point where if you switch one or two colors... You can put it on damn near any background. So his yeah. main background is white, but let's say he want to put it on black. He could reverse the white and the black outline
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it would, it would, it would still pop the same. Yep. And I thought that was, that was absolutely brilliant. And I, he always tells the story. I don't want to tell the story for him, but he always tells the story of, I guess he was out somewhere with friends and he had his shirt on with the Uubami logo and this like old Japanese guy starts pointing at him and like giggling and he's like, What's the matter? Did I did I spell it wrong? And he goes, No, you spelled it perfect. I'd never seen that before. That's awesome. <laughs> so he, he always gets a kick out of that. Maybe I told that story wrong, but but I always get a hoot when he tells that story.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, he's that's a he was he was wise in making sure that it was yeah <laughs> what it actually was yeah, supposed exactly. to be. Because I mean how many people get tattoos of that and it ends up not being anything yeah,
1: for sure. For sure, for sure. And honestly, it, it kind of, despite him being a Morelia breeder, he had the 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 wherewithal or the forethought, if you will, to keep with the Asian theme because he, he's, he's very much enamored with Asian culture and he loves Asian species of reptiles to the point where now he's branching out more into Elafe and Colignathus and uh, some of the other Asian rat snake species that are eluding me scientifically right now and it just goes right into his same logo yeah, and brand you know
0: yeah and it is sort of this fine balance of like you don't want to be too specific in terms of what you're what you're doing but you don't want to be too broad either yeah you know you don't want to kind of lock yourself into a box necessarily because um, rebranding is expensive like when you got a you know, redo logos and completely overhaul everything. Um, that, sh- that shit costs money. Oh yeah. Um, Jack Oliver asked earlier, any advice on brainstorming a name for your brand slash collection when you're still not sure of the direction of your collection? Or should you just wait until you know? Well, as we say a lot, you know, over time, your tastes and stuff change. I think we're all, everyone here at THN is, is a pretty good indicator of that, at least, um, you know, half of us of the five, you know, myself and Jake having a pretty drastic shift in, in what we're keeping and focused on over the years. And even Chris, you know, he's, he kind of has some things that, kind of ebb and flow in terms of like pituophis and how much of those he's working with versus the mex-mex stuff versus corns and geckos and things and uh you know you you're not doing just venomous stuff you know you've got a good bit yeah. of australian things in terms of lyasis and yeah and all kinds of stuff uh, so, north
1: american colubrids man yeah
0: so um it's it's the same thing that I just I'd mentioned earlier, you know, it's it's planning ahead to a degree. I mean, you're obviously not going to be able to plan for for everything that that might change in the future. You're not going to be able sure. to, to see that. But kind of like I said, you're not keeping it too narrow, but not too broad. Yeah. Um
1: uh, I was told that a a good company name should sound fun and at the same time give a very good hint as to what you're selling and by selling i mean sharing or showing or teaching what educating, you're doing what you're doing right yeah. right so palmetto coast exotics it's exactly that it's fun Because it's like, oh, what's the Palmetto Coast? Oh, what kind of exotics, right? At the same time, if you know what the Palmetto Coast is, you know it's South Carolina. See, that's where
0: that was a misstep on my part because I had people message me early on asking me where in Florida I was thinking that I was like in the Orlando.
1: Yeah, but see, that's Palm Coast. Yeah. Big difference. The only reason
0: I didn't do Palmetto State exotics, which was initially my plan. Is there was some guy like I think in Walterboro that had it already. Oh okay. I don't think that guy's even around anymore. Cause I was really gunning for that. Like I'm I'm South Carolinian, you know, born and bred, man. Like I'm <laughs> proud of my state. Yeah, man. You and uh be. you know, everything here is Palmetto, Palm and Moon, yeah, Palmettos. Like it is used a lot, but um yeah it was was something if i could go back that would be something i'd i'd fix if i knew that that guy was kind of just going to disappear into the abyss then i would have totally been like i'm i'm using that
1: yeah but see at the same time i i think that the the southeastern u.s folks that know the palmetto state right they know the south carolina flag it's super iconic dare i say the most iconic flag on the eastern seaboard, state-wise, right? That's been around since literally before the Civil War. You know why? It's because why of that? simplicity. Yeah. A, a it's thousand percent literally
0: a palmetto and a moon.
1: hmm Thousand percent. So I think that those people are gonna appreciate it. And then the people that don't know what it is, it's gonna pique their interest to pique their curiosity to find out, which which I like a lot. You know what I mean? Nobody knows what the Florida flag looks like unless you lived here and went to school here. You know what I mean? And
2: the Florida flag.
0: I I recognize it, but I don't off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you what.
1: (laughs) So it's it's a white flag with red bars in an X with a circle in the middle that has a bunch of state crest stuff, right? And although I feel the Florida flag is a very attractive flag and it shows a lot of our state natural resources and iconic crests, right? The history of the state. It's not remember. It's not memorable at all, in my opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then you look at a state like Texas, that's a hell of a flag. You know what I mean? So you look at a state like Alaska, hell of a flag. So, and it it may, maybe it comes down to the simplicity, like you said, you know, who knows? And then that translates in the sense of, yes, these are State government representations, but it's still a brand. It's still even branding. the
0: California flag. Like I like the California yeah, flag.
1: yeah, exactly with I the bear.
0: I'll, you'll never have me live in California, but I like their flag.
1: Agreed, agreed. No offense, Lisa. <laughs>
0: yeah, Jack Oliver. He's another South Carolinian.
1: Representative. Yeah, and, and Eric Westmoreland, corns and more since '94. I love yeah. it. <laughs> That's good.
0: What are your thoughts on on the use of the word exotics? Because it gets used a lot. And i th- that's something else I've thought about. Like, if I could go back, would I change using that?
1: Well, I feel like you almost, I don't want to say you have to use it, but it's a very, very good describing word. And I feel like snakes is too generalized. Herps is too taboo
0: yeah and a most people don't obscure.
1: right um reptiles is is easy and it gets the point across but it, i feel like reptiles is used way more than exotics and that's not to i'm not talking shit about people that have the word reptiles in their logo name or whatever i feel like it's it's almost unnecessary you know what i mean mm-hmm. triple l reptiles underground reptiles you know what i mean big apple reptiles so it really gets the point across. But if we can find something that's a little more unique, a little more exotic, if you will, I say go with it. Roll with it. Nothing wrong with it.
0: Maryland flag is weird. Yeah, Maryland flag is weird. Man.
1: Yeah, it's got a giant crab on it.
2: <laughs> and
0: said we should have a gator on our flag. You really should. We really should. I'm we amazed should. that that wasn't. A
1: thing well so not only does i think and someone please correct me if i'm wrong but i think florida spoonbill would be be super cool big pink bill anyway um someone please correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure florida has the most state animals i could be wrong but i also know for a fact that it has the most animal crossing signs number and the most number of different species animal crossing signs in all the united states which i, I think which, I, I think that's super cool man.
0: Do you know does Florida have a state spider?
1: Uh, I don't know. Let me South let me Carolina look it up. Has. Let me look it up. FL state animals.
0: Our state spider is the wolf spider.
1: Really? Uh Hognolenta
0: carolinensis.
1: Oh, carolinensis. Okay. So I am on the Florida Department of State's website. And should I try and screen share this? Sure. Yeah, let's screen share this. Share screen. All
0: right. You got too many roads, Mike Kosicki said.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of roads. All right, so state animal, Panther, that's a given. Because uh, you
0: your hockey team is going to be named Yeah, All
1: right. Okay, so here's the flag.
0: Oh, I have seen that.
1: You have seen that. And you can see it's got a boat got like and a cigar the cigar label on the on it. Yeah, right. And then in God We Trust with the palmetto and the tree and the lady. So, all right. Reptile, there it in, is. In Florida, man we trust. In Florida, man we trust. Okay. Reptile, of course, is going to be the alligator. State bird should be the swallow. Oh, no, it's not. It's the mockingbird? Carolina wren. I thought ours was the swallow-tailed kite. Interesting. I didn't expect that. Butterfly zebra longwing. Okay, we saw the panther, marine mammal, manatee. Your figure. I know, right? That's <laughs> oh, so
0: predictable.
1: I know it really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Right.
0: Reptile also could have been the Eastern Diamondback easy.
1: It could have been. It could have been. Um, all right. Well, that's enough of this because it was clearly not what I thought. I thought it was way more. I thought it was like state songbird, state raptor, state migratory bird, state shorebird. Clearly, I was wrong. So um, but yeah, we definitely have the most signs for crossing. <laughs> But that just goes to show you that nobody knew what the hell that flag looked like until we showed it. (laughs) So. It's all the
0: stripes and, you know, stuff everywhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Billy Jenkins. I love sea cows. I love sea cows. Sea cows love you back, Billy Jenkins.
0: Yeah and Chris earlier said, you know, he also kind of hates the whole brand craze in some aspects and I I get that too, you know. Yeah. I think we're we're kind of in a in an odd time in her pediculture currently. Um just with everyone feeling the need to be a breeder and and feeling the push to to have to have pairs of things and and make more of them and you know in I've I've not that long ago commented that I You know, I can't really say one way or the other if I think that's okay or not because I breed. And until I stop, like, then I'll have an opinion.
1: Um, I think I can have an opinion because I'm not a breeder, but I've bred stuff. And in my opinion, there are people that want to become a breeder because they want to become a breeder and good for them. And there are people that want to become a breeder because they've done a lot in the hobby, in the community, in the all-encompassing reptile world, and they want to go to the next level. And that, that next level doesn't mean it's a higher level. It just means the next level, the next chapter, if you will. And I think that's great, too. What I get bothered by is the people that do it because they think it's going to be easy money. I, it bothers me when they don't look at these animals as living creatures or or as loved loved and cherished pets. They look at them as just dollar signs. You know, and yeah. I've talked about um I've talked about the one story when I was working at this one reptile shop, and this woman came in with a sterilite container full of normal ball pythons, wild types, if you will. and she storms in cursing. And she throws and I mean, she throws the tub on the counter and it slides across the counter and an employee catches it so it doesn't fall off the other edge of the of the bar. And she goes, you guys freaking lied to me. You told me that if I bought that snake and this snake, it would make this and I could sell these babies for five thousand dollars each. And and oh, they all came out brown. They just they just all came out brown. You guys are a bunch of FNAs and you're effing liars and blah, 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 blah. And she stormed out. She left those snakes. What she had was 100% hets. At a time when that particular morph, the hets were, I think, going for like $1,800 each. Something like that. I don't remember exactly what morph it was. This was a decade ago, whatever. If not longer. It had and to be it, longer. It had to be longer. And it made me sick to my stomach that not only was this woman extremely ignorant because she didn't know that she had gold and she didn't realize it because she didn't know the concept of the head but that she was only looking at these living creatures as dollar signs and that really really bothers me and there's so many people out there that breed and they do a great job of it and it's their livelihood and it's their business and yes, it is dollar signs, but at the end of the day, they love and cherish those dollar signs. Does that? And I phrased that wrong. They love and cherish those animals that could be liquid income. Yeah. and, and That's it, the difference between them and her.
0: That's something that I've, I've thought about to myself a lot, too, is, you know, the whole it's not about money. Yeah. It's like if you're doing it as a business, it's a little bit about money.
1: It's, it's a lot about money. Let's be real. You're doing it for a business. You know what I mean? There are people. I'm not are doing literally... it as a full-time business. No, you're not. And Go I'm ahead. not. But there are people that do. You know what I mean? And uh, I'll, use, I'll use Tiki's geckos for an example. Okay? okay? Tiki and Manny are running a fantastic business breeding reptiles. They're killing it. They produce amazing animals. They have some well-established captive uh, uh, wild-caught stuff that they're, now they're captive breeding. They're doing great, and that's how they make their living. That's how they pay their bills. That's how they live. But at the same time, they love their animals. They're herpers at heart, and they, they love it. Every single time a gecko hatches out, their eyes light up. Every like I've been there in Tiki's like incubator room and watched him crack open a deli cup and like he just smiles ear to ear. Now, a little bit of the smile is probably because he knows it's worth a pretty penny, but he's still smiling at the fact that he just helped create this life, you know. And dude, when when Manny produces blue tongue skinks, and it doesn't matter what comes out, it doesn't matter what the morph is. Yeah, he hopes that they all come out melanistic because that would be amazing. He could retire early, but at the same time, the fact that he did it. And he has these baby blue tongs like that's awesome. You know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with people. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with people having being a breeder as a business. It's when you stop loving the animals or you never loved the animals to begin with. That's the problem, at least in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And I do wonder how, how, you know, is it really as prevalent as, as people think or say it is? um i don't know i mean it maybe it's hard for me to imagine that it is given that that's not you know what i do or how i see it or even the people that i hang out with and talk to on a regular basis like i know none of us are like that yeah you know so yeah. to me i don't see it but i'm sure if there was someone who was on the show circuit and doing a lot of shows and stuff that you you probably would and i I'd, I'd have to imagine that you know being at the ball python sector is so huge and vast that it's statistically probably more prevalent there than anywhere else
1: yeah and and also there is a certain level of just to be blunt there's a certain level of desensitization that does happen when you're dealing with these things day in and day out Um, whether it becomes too much of your work and you kind of lose i don't want to say lose the love But you lose some steam. you, You lose some steam when you're cleaning poo day in and day out. You're not necessarily eager to go to work over and over and over again. Or if you work in a reptile shop or a pet shop or an importer and you do this stuff all day, you don't necessarily want to go home and take care of your own animals. Like, I get that. I did that. I worked for an importer from nine to five. And when I got home, There was no way in hell I was cleaning cages. So that means I got to do it on my day off, which sucks because now I just feel like I'm working, doing the same job on my day off. So that's that's why I got out of working, like actually working with reptiles, because it just it was too much for me. And it it killed the it killed the um, the excitement of being with them and working with them and enjoying them because I was doing it day in, day out.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's a perspective that you're not going to get unless you're doing it.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: Cause I think everyone at some point has been like, man, I'd really love to do this full time. And there's a severely romanticized idea about it. Um, Cause even I've kind of gone back and forth. It's like, you know, would I eventually like to like, yeah, you know, retirement comes around eventually if that's even a thing by the time we're there. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. I don't want to just retire and just sit around and do nothing. Like if I was going to do that, like the snake thing is perfect for that because you know, keeps you mobile it keeps you doing things and yeah. your brain sharp and um i don't i don't know because i there's some days where i have to clean and do water changes and i mean my collection isn't huge by any means but it is it is sizable um and it's like damn you know there's some days where i'm just not feeling it you know and then that's when i'm like i don't know that this is what i want to do full-time
1: yeah agree you know? Agreed. And just going back to people doing it for a living and doing like the show circuits and stuff, uh, I have seen it where someone who does the show circuit, and they do a lot of shows, they're doing it three or four weekends a month, they're traveling a lot, it's become their supplemental life, right? Their supplemental income. And I was at a show, I was vending a show, and a guy in the booth next to me had a snake died. It died in transit. I didn't inquire, but he was really upset. And he was like, he he said to himself, "What did he, he said to himself? Like, oh, there goes a thousand dollars down the drain, right?" And I looked at him, and at first, I was like, "That was a living creature, man!" Like in my yeah. mind, you know. And then I sat back and I watched him take the animal out and hold it and examine it, and I could see the look on his face, and he didn't mean what he said he didn't mean oh great i just lost a thousand right what he meant was i just lost you know months if not years of tender loving care on this animal and now it it's gone and maybe maybe i didn't do it justice maybe i didn't give it what it deserved maybe and yeah maybe he lost some money you know what i mean but the way that he phrased it, it came off really bad, but just looking at his facial expression and watching him hold this this animal, you could tell that that wasn't what he meant. That's not how he actually yeah. felt, and I feel like there is a lot of that, and I feel like we do hear people say things like that all the time, and that may not be what they actually meant. Unlike that woman that came in, that is 100% what she freaking meant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And the whole... Uh... Going back to the whole branding thing, what are your what are your thoughts on the on the Canova switch? I haven't seen it, so it was originally Justin Kabilka, right, right, and he rebranded as Canova.
1: Yeah, but see, I feel like they were using that name for a long time, weren't they? Using they that have
0: name? been now. I mean, it's been yeah. like at least a year or two. I feel that's like I feel like that's a really sort of interesting case study, and I don't I don't have anything against Kabilka. I don't know the guy. Um, when I saw the switch, at first I was like, "To me, I, in- I immediately thought Xerox. It looks okay. and sounds like Xerox to me. Like the logo okay. was was is the logo is cool. It's very simple, but it, again, simplicity stands out. And the name was just weird because, like, if you heard if someone walked up to you and said, "Have you ever heard of Canova?" The last thing you're going to think about is reptiles.
1: We'll see. And that's, and, and I see where you're coming from, from a completely outsider's point of view. And I I may agree with you on that one. However, from me having at least one ear to the floor, I mean, I'm nowhere near engulfed as many of our listeners or even you or many of our friends. I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm all over the place these days, but I feel like I knew that that was his shtick before you just mentioned it. And it wouldn't shock me if a lot of people in the community associate them being the same and thinking, okay, well, it's not just him. It's we know him because he's him, but it's always yeah. been Canova. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and I mean now that I think about it, like it's it's almost borderline genius because he kind of almost reverse engineered the whole thing to where it's like there is no reptiles in that business name there's no exotics in that business name it is just Kinova.
1: Yeah and for all you we know, know that like could have been
0: it stands out so much because of that that now you think of you get the same same yeah, mental sure. association that you had when Kabilka was just Kabilka you know reptiles or yeah
1: whatever it was and we also we don't know if, if all right so like in my industry it's very very common for The business owner to be the figurehead right so using it in um i mean let me think of all right let's use we'll use music as an example okay Prince, right before ozzy osbourne had all of his yeah before ozzy osbourne had all of his multiple different bands right it was black sabbath okay Mm -hmm. people would still refer to it as ozzy people would still refer to it as ozzy osbourne right but the band was black Sabbath and you could, there's a lot of businesses where let's say Bob Smith, right? Is the business owner. And everyone knows that Bob breeds the coolest snakes and Bob has the best lizards. And Bob is just, he's an awesome breeder and herper and and active member in our community. And the whole time that Bob was doing this, the business name was cigars, Inc DBA snakes, we had no idea you know his yeah. business license his tax id his his llc his his incorporation whatever it was he it could have been canova the whole time you know what i mean yeah. and maybe because his business is expanding he says you know what maybe it's time we actually use the real name you know who knows there's any number of things
0: yeah Pangee is a good one it's another good example but you look at guys you know lee abbott like yeah. there's some people whose names are just synonymous with certain things now and like when i hear lee abbott or i hear howie sherman
1: like yeah, the but did first lee thing abbott you're ever gonna... have an actual company name? i don't i don't think I don't so know. if he I don't did know. i don't
0: know what it is.
1: exactly because
0: of lee abbott.
1: yeah. exactly. but that's the question is if the guy if a, if justin smith is a world renowned breeder of corn snakes justin smith isn't going to file his taxes, his business taxes. He's going to have, how do I phrase this? Justin Smith has an actual business, right? Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: therefore he's going to run that business as the business, right? But that doesn't mean that the business may get the limelight because Justin Smith is the breeder. So Justin Smith gets the limelight. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, because when I breed conjures again, I'll be back on that high horse Yeah, looking down upon the peasants.
1: Yeah. And Mike Kosicki says something good. He says reputation versus brand. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that uh, a brand's reputation can be awesome. And but the brand's reputation isn't necessarily going to be awesome if the owner or the proprietor's reputation is not. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. There's plenty of people that I can think of that have certain brands that are, you know, they're historically entrenched in what we have as you know as a whole in her pediculture currently, but the people that own it are very rough around the edges.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we can all agree on
0: that. I won't name names. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, but we can but, agree on that on, on multiple different avenues. It's sort of separating the art from the artist.
1: Yeah. And yeah. at the same time, there's been countless times where I've had, at least in my industry, I've had friends or clients come to me and say hey i know that this is a different person's business but i'm thinking about buying x y and z from them you know are you friends with them are they reputable you know i bought a lot of stuff from you could you help me out a little bit in that regard and i usually don't have a problem with that um but it's very funny when they know that business they have bought from that business before they just didn't know that that was the name Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so, so I I see that a lot these days, especially with this whole social media thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: And it's almost like people saying, "Hey, man, that guy Justin Smith has some really cool chondros." Um, uh, I was thinking about buying his, but I also saw this guy in South Carolina called Palmetto Coast Exotics, and his stuff is also awesome, is awesome too. Like, I feel like that happens more Thanks often than identical. not. Well, I I really feel like that happens more often than not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Henry said Canova came from a marketing firm he hired.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Which
0: maybe that that I'm sure that plays a part in why it's been such a successful rebrand because he had an outside source that is not sort of they have a, an outside perspective of herpetoculture. You know, they're not sort of yeah. in the mindset of we're doing reptiles, so I need to name it something that clearly states that it is reptiles or. Pets or, you know, whatever. Having said that, there are plenty of business names that I've seen people pick for their Instagrams and stuff that really makes me wonder why. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I've seen some really rough names. I'm like, why would you pick that? It's true. I like I I off the top of my head. I mean, there's a couple I can I I can think of, but it's just ridiculous stuff like choose violence exotics, just like stuff like that. <laughs> it's like why? I don't. That's not an actual name, but that's in a similar yeah. vein to what I've seen, and it's just yeah. What? And I get it. Like, not everyone's gonna take it seriously or as seriously, but at the same time, you kind of do have to think like if someone saw this on a business card or saw it online, like would this make them think twice about purchasing from me? And uh, stop talking about MK Colubrids. Grandpa's (laughs) balls. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a classic right there. He's at Daytona, I think most years. It always makes me laugh because you see his banner. Rob said his shirt said, don't Google me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, and Rob said uh, Stewart Design was the marketing firm that uh, that Canova um, used. <laughs> Brandon Valentine, Psycho Exotic six six six. <laughs> Thanks, B. <laughs> That's good.
0: And we get a lot of that sort of tongue-in-cheek stuff, especially in the the, the ball world. You know, yeah, fondle my balls. Yeah tickle, well, now we're going to get demonetized and shit, yeah, tickle yeah. my balls you know, just like goofy stuff and it's I, there's like, I think there should be a certain level of sort of professionalism I think involved, and it's like, yeah you could be the most professional person ever and be the best to work with and stuff but if you're handing out business cards that that say, you know fond of my balls, captive bred ball pythons that's
1: yeah, yeah
2: yeah i I don't
0: know it's cute and all but
1: hey man everyone's got a pitch at some point you know everyone's got a a a shtick you know if it it gets people's attention if it's jaw-dropping you know they they may do it they may try it so
0: it is memorable i will give them that like you do Mm -hmm. remember those things like you remember grandpa's Mm ball i do
1: it's like the old saying you know uh Bad PR is still good is still PR. Is that how that goes?
0: Yeah. Any any press is good press. Yeah, exactly. There's no it's such right. thing as bad publicity. Yeah, right? there's no such thing
1: as bad publicity, right? Which I mean, <laughs> yes and no. It depends on what depends on who's writing and who's reading, you know. <laughs> so but yeah, I think that if people want to brand themselves or what they're doing go for it you know go for it but also be realistic with oneself and don't beat yourself up if it doesn't evolve or come to fruition the way that you want
0: it to you know it's it's consistency it's sticking with it yeah Um, exactly you know talking to harlan wall along many a handful of years ago um he said you know if you're if you're sort of in it for the the long haul he said it Legitimately takes a solid, probably eight to ten years for you to be sort of an established "quote unquote" business. You know, if you're thinking about if you're buying younger animals, um, it's going to take you a couple years to raise those up and breed them, and then get offspring and build upon those. And in the same timeline as as Palmetto Coast, you know, he's I think he's absolutely right. Like it's taken. I started Palmetto coast in 2016 and I'm still, I don't think at a point where I think I'm producing enough to even be able to like sell consistently, if that makes sense. Sure. And I don't know that I'll ever really get to the point to where, you know, I'm like Westmoreland there in the chat, ECW reptiles, he's cranking out, you know, hundreds of babies a year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me. Um, It just is like i'm i'm i want the quality of of what i'm selling to speak for me
1: sure and at the same time
0: Eric doesn't That's completely separate from yeah of course
1: of course we never talk about him he's awesome uh but i also feel like people at least right now a lot of people feel compelled to become a breeder and even if they're not in for into it for like the money aspect it, or even the fame aspect, if you want to call it that, I feel like there's very much a unspoken mantra floating around where oh, if you're not a breeder, you're not you're not. You're not real. You're not real. Yeah, which I think is 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 hogwash, man. I do. You know, I feel like if you want to breed stuff rock and roll, but you don't have to be a breeder to enjoy what we do. Yeah. you know it's the same thing like oh you only have five snakes Pfft, wh- who do you think you are you don't have to have a hundred snakes to be an active member of the community you don't have to have a hundred snakes to 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 know what you're talking about and enjoy what you're talking about you know what i mean
0: so. I, just, I mean a prime example of that is is alex horvath who was the corn stars man of the year for last year yeah um he's done some joint projects with a friend, but in terms of like him breeding his stuff where he lives and and what he's doing, he hasn't done it yet. But the dude knows more about corn genes than I do. Yeah. Like, yeah, I trust, like if I wanted, I, I have no issue going to him for advice and picking his brain about stuff. And, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about pairing these and these, what do you think? You know? So it's like, I think the, the criteria for being a breeder equaling legitimacy Um, maybe that's sort of formed from like the rabid Facebook groups where you have the people that have had three snakes for all of a month but somehow know everything yeah
2: yeah
1: I can see that
0: and feeling like if someone's bred then they've had them long term and they can have like their their opinion sort of holds more than that person that only has the the three snakes for a month but is somehow yeah. telling you how to keep emerald tribos yeah um, that hypothetical person that everyone talks about um, yep the, the 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 social media boogeyman yeah I yeah
1: and I, sadly it's 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 because of those people that individuals like myself are apprehensive to give advice or give a tip not saying i'm you know god's gift to snakes at all i mean i make a ton of mistakes and it took me a long time to learn what little information i know but it does make me apprehensive to chime in and give two cents when people ask a question because there's going to probably be some nasty backlash for nonsense because i'm not in there all the time and because no one knows who i am does that make sense
0: damned if you do damned if you don't
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: there was i mean eric who's you know ecw reptiles no it was uh tim mangum in one of the corn groups ch- uh, chimed in on care about something i think it was like mm-hmm. humidity for a corn snake someone would ask something and someone popped in and was like you don't know what you're talking about you you know you've you've clearly never done this before and it's like tim breeds some of the nicest corns in the country like yeah <laughs> yeah, See, it's just funny watching this exchange because Tim didn't care. Tim was like, you know, he was playing along with it, and he was just totally messing with the person. I thought it was hilarious, but um, <laughs> it was just a prime example of like, you can't really base, yeah, like, just because someone isn't there every day chiming in on every single post doesn't mean that they don't have something to add. Um, there's there's plenty of bad information out there, but yeah. It's there's plenty of good information to good people too. And it's like I think what me and Jake talked about on THP last week. Um you know, is like if you're if you're having a myriad of people chime in with the same information, then someone comes along and posts something that's fairly different from what you were just told. And it doesn't seem like it's like behind to the right, way out there, like left field kind of thing. Like everyone's saying, keep the hot spot at 86, and someone comes along and says, No, man, keep them at 75. If it's something a little more realistic, like let's keep the hot spot at 82. Yeah. Somehow that person will get, will get crucified because that's too cold. But it's like you talk to pretty much anybody that's been doing it long term, and they've come to find that 82 actually is kind of the sweet spot for a lot of stuff. Sure. You know, but I also get buried by the,
1: by the, by the, that's Mom. a good that's a good word, buried. That's a very good word. I also on the same lines, if someone is direct, and I won't say rude, I won't say coarse, I'll say direct. If someone is direct and you don't know who they are, don't feel it attacked. is a live stream, Rob. Yes, it is a live stream, Rob.
0: No, love stream. Oh, love. Okay. He said make sure y'all drop a like on this love stream. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Live stream, but well, we love Rob, so it is a love stream. Um, I love it when he texts, like he texts me. It makes me so happy because we don't talk that often. And I'm like, oh, I got to back. I got to text him back. Anyway, um, <laughs> it don't. All right. Going back to the, the, the chats and the, the, the knowledge sharing, if we will. I personally have seen it where someone is direct, right? And people get offended. OK, so, for example, I, I won't name names because I don't want to I don't want to single people out. But when Marcus and I were doing the, the Cordillas stuff, hardcore, um, I think at the time, oh man, I had the cord, most of the Cordillas and then he had most of the smog and we were on the Cordillas pages like every single day. And, and I had just had my first litter of better Ducci and I had. Gone on there, and I had said something about the babies because I, I want to make sure I was I had already bred tropon sternum, and I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to set them up the same way, a very very similar ecosystem. But I I went on there and I said something like, um, I just got my first litter of baraducci. Is there any you know tips that you that everyone would want to you know throw at me? Right, it's it's a very small community for a super niche species, and this one individual who give is. Up. No, this one individual who is, who is not only an ad who is, who, who is an admin, but is also a world renowned expert literally chimes in, do not overheat. They will die. And people chewed his head off. And I took that as duly noted. Thank you very much. And people lost it. They're like, how dare you talk to him like that? why would you be so rude and like started berating him and marcus and i were laughing because we're like we know how this guy thinks we know how this guy acts english is not this person's first language so i took it as awesome and i actually messaged him privately and i said thank you so much for the response um what would be the ideal temperatures in your opinion blah 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 blah. whatever the whatever the, the question was but I feel like a lot of people are very quick to be defensive when someone's direct and that comes with people just being too butthurt, I think for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah. I mean, you say that all the time, you know, you can't pick up on tone and inflection via tag. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of, of that to a degree where someone will write something and I'm like, why are they, why are they coming at me like that? And you'll be like, dude, you don't know if that's how they're saying it or not. Yeah, and I don't know. It's it's just an odd sort of default. A lot of people have sort of resorted to just with with the way Facebook and things are.
1: Sure, sure. But yeah, I I just going back to that that cordillas thing is that the individual that was air quotes rude to me is arguably one of the leading authorities on Cordillidae in the on the planet and has bred more species of that genus than any other human on the planet in captivity. And he kind of is rude, but at the same time, I know that he's not coming from malice. So he's just, he's just blunt. He's blunt and direct. Yeah. Stone face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Are they Russian uh, German <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, German for sure. <laughs> so, but he's, he's good people, man. We've, we've chatted before. His English is pretty all right. Sounds good. Yeah, it's
0: rough out there.
1: Yeah, but circling back to branding, I feel like if you like you said earlier, keeping with it, consistency. You know, be proud, be prideful of your your brand, and, and let it grow and let it evolve the way that it needs to, and stick with it you know and just because you change logo doesn't mean you need to change name just because you change name doesn't necessarily mean you need to change logo and no matter if you change or not that doesn't change you per se
0: yeah i think no matter what you do long term if you're using the same logo over time you're going to have things that you wish you would changed or tweaked and sure yeah you know my me being a good example of that um you know when i first had the logo made i loved it i was like this is perfect it's a perfect representation of what I'm doing. And then over time it was like, oh, well, I don't really need a gecko eye anymore. Cause I'm not even keeping geckos anymore, but I like the logo still. And I've had it for so long that it doesn't make sense to like completely overhaul it. You know, yeah, so yeah. you just gotta, it's, and you like, you're gonna, there's gonna be something or some things that are eventually you're going to wish you had done differently. Sure. But so That's the case with, I think a lot of stuff, um, and it's just a matter of sort of planning ahead, finding that sweet spot where you're you're not too niche, but you're also not too broad. Um, and then, yeah, consistency. Um, another thing that that Harlan told me at one point that that always stuck with me. You know, in terms of like transactions that go south, because um, before when you had like the the BOY threads on fauna. Which were all the entertainment I would ever need.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's for sure. You would see people
0: like really screw themselves over a transaction that really wasn't that yeah. serious. And one that, yeah. that's what Harlan, you know, told me that's always stuck with me is, you know, is your reputation worth <laughs> the price of? of that animal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I think
0: about, you know, it's like, if it's, if we're talking like world's first thousands upon thousands and thousands of dollars, like that is, that is, that's another level of, of issue. And I think you're kind of getting beyond the brand thing at that point. Yeah. Um, But if we're talking about me selling, you know, a $200 corn snake, $150 corn snake, whatever, and something happens, Like, am I really gonna have myself get raked over the coals over that?
2: Yeah. Especially if I was in the wrong.
0: Like, if it's something where it's like the buyer bought something and then, you know, two months later they're like, hey, this thing died and it's your fault. That's a little different. But seeing people just really make an ass of themselves over something really small, really insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Where it's like you know you could have just there was you could have handled that and not had yeah. this result,
1: yeah, yeah, so. and I think that having great communication, which a lot of people can't do, a lot of people don't have that in them, but a- try, trying to have great communication goes a really long way, and I feel like having patience as both a buyer and a seller mm-hmm. goes a long way.
2: I feel a very like long way.
1: no one has patience anymore. And at this and you also have redundancies that can be annoying. And I know a lot of sellers get frustrated and annoyed because they've lost patience for people asking them questions. And the problem is, is that they, they almost open themselves up to those questions You know what I mean? If you post a picture of an animal and say, DM me for information, and then I DM you, you can't get mad at me for (laughs) DMing you. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we as buyers also need to have some patience. There's a level of
0: professionalism on that
1: end, too. Right. A level of Exactly. You can't just message someone and be like, yo, how much? I'm not going to reply to you because you're a poop face you see what i'm saying um going back a a quick step talking about how you were saying that to really have good brand you know you really shouldn't be too niche i feel like that is a great statement unless that is your goal Unless that's your thing exactly unless that is your goal to be super niche um there's a individual and it pains me that i cannot remember the person's name damn but there's a person online that is focusing on Angolan pythons. And I'm pretty sure the account is Angolan Python project, I think. Mm-hmm. And I've been following the account for like two years and I've been watching the, the evolution of it and watching that person get more, get more specimens, ha- watching their specimens grow, watching the pairings, watching the eggs. And like, it's awesome. I don't even know if they're in this country, but it's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, and that person chose And golden pythons specifically to be their niche thing, they love them. Rock and roll, go for it. But if you want to be a a a more rounded, I won't say well rounded, a more rounded seller, well, then yeah, don't focus on too many things specifically, in my opinion.
0: Mike says Bill got his Mertons monitor on Sunday.
1: I saw pictures, awesome. Pictures, awesome, awesome.
0: And Mike Kosicki said, God forbid you don't respond in five minutes to a buyer online. Yes, that falls under the, the professionalism on the buyer's part. Um, I think Amazon has, has really across the board for yeah. retailers. Yeah. It's like they've really ruined the the ability to not have to get things out the door and respond immediately. I try to be as responsive as possible. But I'm also on my phone too much. Um, like Amazon, dude. Like I remember at the cigar shop, we'd, we'd ship cigars that people would order. And, you know, we'd ship them priority mail. Um, which is like two or three days, depending on where you're at in the country. And these people were like, well, when's it going to... We'd ship something out. I think it was one guy in particular. We shipped something out. And literally like the next day he called. He's like, uh, when's it supposed to get here? Yeah, so, I was like dude like we're not this ain't Amazon it's not Amazon I hey, love Amazon I got, as much as the next person I think the next day delivery thing is great Prime is phenomenal all that good stuff I do not expect anyone who is not Amazon to get me my stuff next day unless I yeah. paid for next day
1: and I think it's interesting how we sell Um, we sell a lot of stuff that We sell a lot of stuff that can't go to your house. It has to go to another dealer. Mm
2: -hmm. But then I have
1: a lot of stuff that can go right to your house, like pocket knives, some really high-end pocket knives, some very expensive pocket knives. And these people will Monday morning, right? So Monday morning, my shipping guy is overloaded because it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's orders all Monday morning ready to rock and roll. So someone will buy a one of these fancy knives Monday morning, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and then call it like 1030. they like, I don't have tracking yet. Well, yeah, I haven't even. I've got 50 friggin' boxes to look at before I even look at yours, let alone put the tape on it. You know what I mean? And people just don't. They just don't get that. Yeah. It's a.
0: It's a- Psychological phenomenon.
1: It is. Thanks a lot, Bezos. <laughs> but yes, I do. I do enjoy my prime. It's delicious.
0: Yeah, mm. I'd, that's you in terms of being a seller. I learned very quickly. Don't expect if someone messages you about an animal and they want pictures, and you got to do the dance. It's part of part of the it's part of the gig. You got to do the dance. You're not going to avoid it. People are going to want information. People are going to want pictures. Yeah. They're going to want videos. I accommodate as much as possible and within reason. Because if like I've sent you 30 pictures and you're still wanting some, then it's going to be like, look, I, I can't literally unless I send you the snake to look at in person, Like I can't do anything else more than what I've sent. Um, I, I save myself the heartache and I just assume that the transaction is probably not going to, they're not going to follow through. Sure. Sure. And you save yourself a lot of disappointment. If if you get messages about animals, it's like, if you're just like the likelihood of them actually coming through and buying is probably pretty slim, then you don't get your hopes up. You don't get upset when they just ghost you.
1: Well, I also feel like we as a seller don't necessarily do our due diligence to prevent those things. True so for example if i have five corn snake neonates that i'm going to sell i'm not necessarily uh, how do i phrase this before i even fabricate the post i'm going to take a minimum of seven to ten photographs of each individual specimen a headshot from the top, headshot from the right, headshot from the left, under the chin, a belly shot in a deli cup if I can or a holding in my hand. I'm Again, I'm, I'm making this up as I go along, by the way. Um, and that way I can post a picture, a general picture of each individual animal if I'm posting them all on one page or I'm posting five individual posts. And then if someone wants this is, hey, can I have more pictures? I already have them ready to go. And I'm not frustrated. Oh, now I gotta go take it out. Now I now I gotta wait till I go home to do this. You know what I mean? So I feel like a lot of sellers don't take that extra five or ten minutes to take those extra cell phone photos. You know what I mean? And yeah, people want to they want to Photoshop, they want to use a DSLR, they want to put it in their little their little light box thing that they got. I get that, but at the same time, you can still take your cell phone and take a, a couple hand shots or. or, or Cell phone shots of each individual animal showing a particular patterning, a particular saddle. Maybe there's a kink in the tail, whatever it may be, it's a weird scalation on the ventrals, something that is unique to that individual specimen. And just have them on your phone for, what, a couple of weeks, a couple of months.
0: Google drives are free when you get Google like drives, gig ex- exactly.
1: So I feel like if more sellers did that, it would put the sellers at ease. Because they won't have to be like, oh, now I gotta go home and do this. Now I gotta take the snake out again. No, just do it ahead of time. In my in my opinion. You
0: Two know? birds with one stone. Here's another Exactly. One. Exactly. So, if, if you're already posting on Instagram and TikTok and you're doing reels, A, if you take a short, you know, 15, 30 second video or reel of stuff that you have for sale and you post it on your Instagram, A, you're working on growing your following B if someone asked for video. You can send them that. And maybe they weren't following you on those platforms and now they can. Yep. And if you take, like when I do the reels, I take stuff outside, you know, cause the outdoor lighting, like that's the best lighting
1: for sure. You
0: can get. So especially early in the morning before the sun is really like blast and everything.
1: Uh, and that's permitting that you're allowed to and that the weather. permits. Correct.
0: It. Yes. Yeah. Um, like that's then guess what you send them a link they can see when you yeah. took that video you know it says it at the bottom of the post if it was done 20 minutes ago three days ago whatever um if you're posting stuff for the day if you're a daily poster like you've got other options that do kind of streamline things and make it a little easier and they're more efficient in terms of like growing the brand itself you know
1: yeah so Food for thought. I'll also say this too. In my logo is a Neferis Amii. I don't have any at all. I don't keep them currently. So I can't get mad when people message me and say, How much are your Amii? Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to yeah. tell them, be like, Hey, I don't have any. Sorry, whatever. You know, before, be somewhat cordial, uh, providing they're cordial. But I can't get mad at them and be like, I don't keep that. Why would you even ask me that? I didn't post any of those for sale, did Idiot. I? Idiot. Stupid head. So
0: Say, but I do have... You ever heard of a Ring Calls? Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you about these, kid.
1: Yeah. You want forget some Serestis?
0: Forget the the Amy A. Yeah, Let if me if show anybody,
1: you. If, if, if anybody who listens to this is keeping Venomous and they would like a long-term established male Sarastis, Sarastis, hit me up.
0: Send it to me. If you want it. I'll hide it from Katie.
1: Marcus and I have six males that we're looking to sell to good homes. Just
0: put them on Craigslist like a normal person.
1: That was a joke, Fish and Wildlife. That was a joke. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well up here in south carolina we ain't got no rules so yeah i have seen people selling like cane brakes and copperheads and they were you, like you know the like the rubbermaid drawers that you get to like put socks in and stuff that you yeah, get at yeah. walmart i literally there was an ad a couple of years ago where someone had a cane brake and a copperhead and it came with the rubber made drawers and they nice. had like hay nice. as the substrate.
1: That's awesome. That's some <laughs> redneck like, ingenuity.
0: It's like God, why? How?
1: I used to keep pandinas in those things.
0: That's that's one thing.
1: Until my, my captive bred Sierra Leone's pushed the drawer open. <laughs> I didn't think it could do it.
0: <laughs> uh Scott's a Yeah, just zebra spitters in the suburbs Smitty. Yeah, that was
1: that was North Carolina. Yeah, different different Carolina.
0: Even that's that's a little rich for our blood down here.
1: What's a suburb? That's kind of funny. Oh man. What else? uh covered a lot of shit man uh,
0: yeah
1: there will be a new episode of venom exchange radio uh probably sometime this week i was supposed to do it the past two sundays <laughs> and i keep forgetting um i know I, I thought i put it on the auto upload and it i didn't i never that was your it. excuse last time that was like a no, month ago what else no no, no 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 that was that one worked that one, that one oh worked.
0: yeah because i listened to it and i was like man you didn't tell me about this and you're like what are you talking about and i was
1: like yeah yeah i forgot i did it on that one and i, I thought I, I thought i did it for this one and i i guess i just didn't solidify it or commit to it or whatever but it's there it just hasn't been you know sent in
2: so
0: any corn stars this week um no but we are that I, I, I hate to pick favorites but that has become one of my favorite shows to do. I get it man. I think it's I think it's 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 Chris mostly I believe it because Chris is so much fun to hang out with and talk to
1: yeah
0: um, and his enthusiasm is infectious
1: yeah um, I contemplated talking to you about having snakes and doggi on other nights. Every so often, just so we can get some Hell of these we, rest. Uh, we can't do that to our listeners.
0: It's not football season anymore. Ain't nothing else going on. We do need another book club episode, so we were gonna try and do that with Billy Hunt tonight, but he's working. He's at the yeah. he's at the station. So
1: yeah. And thanks, Ivory. Appreciate that.
0: And that also, if we plan that out, that gives me a little more time to to get my list of books together because i feel like every time we've done that you guys have had like 20 plus books and i've had like five and i'm like yeah this one's good well, the, i, I have like 10 years ago
1: i haven't bought a single her book in since like the new year which is a long time for me because i've got so many books that i haven't even opened and uh i just reorganized my whole bookshelf and everything because i was using the the book app that, that burke uses and i didn't do the books i forgot i owned and like never opened or maybe i read like the first chapter i was like this is awesome i'll get this later and then i just never went back to it so i have so much to catch up on Ugh. and now i find myself rereading stuff like out of the stiletto book and um and i got the rock rattlesnake books now so I'm like tr- trying to read excerpts out of that Ugh.
0: see the all the new books that i have they're all books that like you and Billy had mentioned in the book club episodes, so now I'm like, am I just going to talk about the same books we already talked about?
1: Well, yeah, but because you give your perspective of it, your take on it, you know.
0: Like I have to, I have to get my hands on that Atheris book. Yeah, I have to get my hands on the second edition of Venomous Bites from Non Venomous Snakes. Yep. Yep. Problem is, motherfuckers are expensive.
1: How much is the Atheris book?
0: A uh, hundred bucks after shipping. It's like 50 for the book and then 50 for shipping.
1: 50 for shipping. I think so. Where are you buying it from?
0: It's coming from Germany. And like they, the guy that wrote it is over in Germany. Okay. After this, coming.
1: I'll send you some links for some other venues that might be a little cheaper.
0: It's not out yet, Scott, but it will be soon. Like Wyman got his copy. Cause he did a pre-order. So they are due to drop soon. So,
1: Good stuff, man. And sometimes you just got to just buy it. I know, like, we, I know it's difficult to say that because you have has, a wife and a budget, it's not I, that easy. No, I know, but like, sometimes you squirrel a little money away here and there, and you, you kind of, I don't want to say make an effort, but like little things here and there. Like, instead of buying five cigars, you buy four, like little things like that. Well, you now know you, mean? just out of the question. <laughs>
0: Don't get, don't be ridiculous. Yeah, I know.
1: What am I saying?
0: Edition Chimera mail for twenty five euro worldwide. That atheris book, I don't think that is Edition Chimera, is it?
1: No, but they sell it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. if you.
0: Well, what's twenty five euro in USD? Like seventy five. What's the metric system for money? I'm just worried that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get my hands on the Atheris book before they disappear and then shoot up to like five hundred dollars a pop. So Yeah, books don't require any care feeding. You pay for all that up front. Are you sure, Scott? It's probably like seventy five Canadian. But I do need to I do need to get that. I don't even I need to look at how many pages it was, I forget. It had to be pretty sizable. I just, as much as I love that that whole genus, it feels wrong to not have that book. And also, since Alexander England has so many pictures of his stuff in it, kind of have to. Hunters in the Trees is a great book. I was a little bummed at how sort of like small it was in terms of. Page number, but even with that, with the smaller page count, like the amount of information in there makes up for, for the size vastly. I don't know. I've been picking up a little more side work as far as the branding and marketing stuff lately. So try and get some extra coin to, to buy me some books. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Dobby is a free elf. Phil froze again. Let me see if I can copy that. I can't. I'll look it up when we're done. I think we're about to be done, because I think Phil's... The satellite for his internet is is shifting over uh, the other hemisphere, and that's why he's losing internet. He keeps disappearing and reappearing.
1: It's friggin' malarkey! Damn it! Did you hear what I was saying about about who conversions? No, no, I was saying twenty-five euro is twenty-seven dollars U.S. <sighs> that's deal breaker,
0: man. Inflation. <sighs> that's the that's the paywall
1: for knowledge. Yeah, right. Jeez. Some of it's, some of it's just got to be bought.
0: I was, so there, I had my uh, copy of the, my edition Chimera Dart Frog book on eBay for a while. because so I was like, oh, I'll sell this and I'll buy something else with that. And someone had like a conniption that I was even selling an edition Chimera book. I don't remember who it was, but.
1: Probably all of us, because that's I a foolish like, thing to do. Is it though? It is.
0: If I'm driving a Honda and I'd prefer to have a Toyota, am I going to get chastised because I don't want the Honda anymore?
1: No, it's that you don't sell literature.
0: Why? Says who?
1: Says me. Because I have a book on... gosh i I have so many probably scott
0: now that i think about it i think scott was the one that was yelling
1: at yeah i have books for stuff that i'm never going to be interested in that i was interested in but you know what when i'm fucking 80 i may want to read about it i have a book on mantella's i don't keep amphibians but i may want to read about that when i'm 80 i may want
0: to move to cancun when i'm 80 i don't know better yet
1: my my children or my nieces and nephews, or my neighbor may want to read about Mantellas, and then I can hand them that book.
0: Here, kid, have a $500 book. Go nuts. Here's some crayons. Draw in it. Do whatever you want. I'm Ah. 80. I'll draw with you. Right in the cover. Horrible. Like the textbooks from middle school. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know my mom told me when I was in college and I was I went after my first semester she says I had said to her, "Hey, I'm going to um I'm going to sell my textbooks back to the school store" Does cuz she my mom's a teacher. I said, "Is there a, do you guys have a school store? Would it be different pricing cuz like same county and everything?" And she said, "Why would you sell your textbooks?" I said, "Cuz they're expensive. And I'm never going to use them ever again. They're textbooks." She goes, "No. You st-
0: You freeze again. But I'd be like, Mom, I don't need a textbook on art philosophy from the 1800s. It's not, I don't, I think I'm good. If I want to sell my edition Chimera books, I will. And I'm upgrading to other edition Chimera books that will serve me better. I don't... There's nothing wrong with that. Scott, you're not going to bully me into feeling bad about it. As soon as he comes back, we'll we'll wrap this up. Mike, are you done feeding snakes? Screaming at the monitor
1: right now. I'm
0: going to go ahead and wrap it up while we still can.
1: Yeah, exactly. Long story short i sold the math textbooks i kept the biology ones end of show did
0: you hear me i said mom why do i need to keep my textbooks on art philosophy from the 1800s it doesn't do me any good anymore
1: you know what's funny is if i had a textbook on art philosophy from the 1800s i would have totally kept that shit because that would be awesome you would nerd i would you're goddamn right sir
0: This episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Use code THN at checkout. Get yourself a rack. Get yourself a cage. It's all nice. You can't go wrong. Uh, And then go to Facebook and Instagram and search up Puget Sound Pythons. Give them a follow. Hunt them down on Morph Market. Also give them a follow. Stay in the loop. They usually have some very nice stuff when they post some stuff that's available. It's usually bangers. Uh, we'll be back for THP on Thursday. I believe we are going to have Connor Wardle return. Ooh! Talk about I want to I'm going to get into some hips I think we were going to mostly talk about coach whips, but I can't have Connor on and not talk about the real Jani. So we'll do that, uh, and then snakes and stogies once again. Monday. Uh, I'm going to talk to Chris about getting a Corn Stars episode lined up. And that'll be good too. So I guess we can wait for Phil to come back so he can say bye. If anybody needs shirts, if you're branding and you need shirts, hit me up. I make them. Fast turnaround. Reasonable prices. New South shirts. Hit it up. Uh, I do have some stuff on my Morph Market. Uh, a couple corns. I need to renew my membership because I do have some other stuff that I have yet to post. That I, I need to. I've just been avoiding it. And... Um, some snow tremels that Chris produced anri that's het hypo and some other stuff like off the top of my head I don't remember got a little het five gene demon that I've had for about a year or so that Chris also produced that's really nice if that one doesn't go anywhere I'm okay with that um Nice Het Amel, possibly Het Sunkiss male. That again, if he doesn't go anywhere, I'm okay with that too. Um, again, later this year, hopefully some Bairds happen. Planning on some corns to happen, and uh, yeah, if you've got stuff from the raffle, animal wise, that you've won, and we have not talked about shipping yet, please hit me up or any of us here at THN so we can get that lined up. Most people, almost pretty much everyone that got an animal, at least I know I've I've talked to, but in case I missed any, please get in touch. Um, I think Phil's just not, I think Phil's just done. I think he's he's throwing in the towel. Yep. Let me see. I'm done. Fuck StreamYard. So angry. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So everybody have a good evening. We'll see you later. I'll do the buy for Phil.